Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's how the categories broke out. The first category, the largest... 40% of the people said they worried about things that never did happen in their life. 40%. So the number one thing people worried about were things that never happened. It goes something like this. When I look back at all these worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had had lots of trouble in life, most of which never happened. How much of what you worry about actually comes to pass? If you're like most people, not too much of it. So why worry in the first place? It seems that that's just the way we are wired. Jesus knew this. That's why he told us not to worry. He wants you to trust him for the future, which is what can be the most concerning. Pastor Mark is teaching from the book of Philippians, where the apostle Paul, who is in prison in horrible conditions, is encouraging his readers to trust God. Paul wants you to find your comfort in God's care of you and to remember that your final destination is in heaven with Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part one of his message, Worry About No Thing. Philippians chapter 4. Now, I want to open the teaching with a question and see if you can finish this sentence. Here it is. Here we go. He or she is nothing but a worry wart. A worry That's a weird term, isn't it? A worried wart. Ever have a wart? They're not worried at all. I don't know what a worried wart is. Now, usually I'm a, I'm a dog guy. I'm not really a cat person at all. But this week, during the week, we flew out to Denver and visited our grandchildren. And uh, my daughter, our daughter, and our son-in-law. And uh, they have a dog and a cat. And, and I'm worried that I might become a cat lover. There's Irv. When I get up in the morning, he's this big cat. He's a Norwegian, some kind of a Norwegian whatever. He comes right down, gets right on my lap, and I did my devotions every morning with Irv. I'm worried. I'm gonna be now cats don't go to heaven, so that's not a problem. Only dogs go to heaven, but Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, Let me ask you, what things this last week have you worried about? 
What issues? Have people stolen your joy because you're worried about them? What issues have wasted our time because of worry? What have caused us to be imprisoned with our worries about the future so much so that we fail to enjoy living today? Now, last weekend, we, we watched Paul teach us to rejoice in one thing, the Lord. And one of the greatest joy stealers is worry. So, Pastor, what is worry? Could you put it into words? Yeah, I'll give you the Greek understanding of it. Here it is. Write it down today. Worry means to be anxious about, to be pulled in two different directions. It's an uncomfortable place. And we worry, really, about things from A to Z. It's a stealer of our joy. Now, amazingly, Paul is writing this letter, the Philippian letter, um, from prison in Rome. But he's not a prisoner of worry, even though physically he's a prisoner. And he hasn't lost his joy. Because Paul knows the cure to the disease, the spiritual disease called worry. And today, he's going to teach us how to take that medicine that will lessen the worries that you and I all have. Now, I've asked you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. And scoot on right down, look in your Bibles with your neighbor right on to you, verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6. Now, what if verse 6 only read this far? If Paul only wrote it like this, do not be anxious. And that was verse 6. Well, that in itself would be hard to do. Do not be anxious. But Paul doesn't stop there. Look what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So the title of this week's teaching, and the next thing you want to write, is simply this. Worry about no thing. Look at the word in six. Look at the word anxious. That word anxious in the original language is the very same word that Jesus used in the Sermon on the Mount. So years before, Jesus used the very same term that Paul used many years later. Now, you remember the Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon that Jesus ever gave. I've taught from the area many times where over in Israel where Jesus had the people sit down. It was really to believers. And he was writing to believers to live different than unbelievers. Well, if we're going to live different than unbelievers, there's so many different ways to do that. But one of the major ways was, well, not only to be have our marriages be different, not only to look at things different, but to not worry like the unbelievers worry. 
And so in that, he writes this. Take a look at it. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, Jesus speaking, I tell you, do not worry. Same exact thing that Paul just wrote to us. Well, Jesus kind of expands it. Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. Or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? What's the normal answer to that? Yes. And the body more important than clothes? Yes. See, it's a spiritual application. And Jesus is saying, later on he goes on to explain it, all these things, what we eat, what we wear, how we're going to take care of our body, who's going to provide for all. God says, I'll provide all of that. Don't be worrying about that. I'm a loving God. I'll take care of you. You concern yourself with the inside of you, with how you serve people, with how you worship me. And so his whole deal was don't worry about those things. But what are the things we worry about? You just read some of them. Now, in that chapter 6, Matthew, Jesus says, don't worry three times. Paul tells us, don't worry. In fact, all through the Bible, we see that. Why? Why in the world are we commanded not to be anxious about no thing? You want to write this down. Because of this, everyone worries. Everyone worries. You say, well, Pastor Mark, not me. I live in Brevard County in the good old USA. Actually, I don't have anything to worry about. I'm never anxious. And in fact, now I can tell you that the teaching you're going to give is useless to me, has no application. So in a moment, when you turn your head the other way, I'm leaving the sanctuary wherever I'm at. Because it's a waste of my time because I never worry. Well, I'm going to give you a moment. I'm just going to watch. Why aren't you leaving? Well, Pastor Mark, I'd be worried you saw me. (laughs) See? Let's be honest. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, I have to be honest, I worry. Would you do it right now? Just just tell your neighbor that right now. You know, this is a tough teaching for a... This is a really tough teaching for... But some of you are explaining the whole deal here. What's with that? Just the words. You don't have to tell them the whole deal. (laughs) This is a tough teaching for a pastor. I would like to say to you today, I never worry. I can't. I can't. You know what would be embarrassing for all of us? If you had to list the things that you worried about this week, if I didn't, we'd put them up one by one on the overhead with your name. Oh. In fact, I'm even worried that I can teach you about not being worried. Because, <laughs> see, the pastor's supposed to be the role model. But God knows that we, we worry. Now, that's a common thing, but there's some things we can do about it. And, uh, Interesting enough, there's really, in our campuses today, there's three types of people. See where you are in these three. First, we have the carefree person. 
And I don't mean that in a positive way. This is a negative. This is a person that's just basically irresponsible. They, they really don't worry because they could care less. Don't have any... Don't have any fuel in the car. Don't have any food at home. Don't have any money for the rent. Don't have a job. Say, la vie. Say, la vie. Lazy, worried, whatever. Second person is a worried wart. They're hyper-responsible. They're always worried about something. They always look at the negative. It's going to happen. It's going to be really... How many are married to one of those? Could I see your hand? Oh, good. Don't, don't quickly to put it down now because we, we don't have time for marriage counseling. So just put it down. By the way, if you're a perfectionist, hmm, that fits right there. That fits right there. Well, here's who we're supposed to be. This is where we're striving for. We're to be a follower of Jesus. We're to be a Christian. And we are to be responsible. We're to be people that have lots of faith. And here's the realistic thing. We want to be people with few worries. I would like to say to you, no worries. I've never gotten there. I'm working on it. I'm getting closer. But I have the disease just like you do. And I have to make sure that I'm taking the cure. So, worry is, well, it's all part of our lives. Why? Because life is filled with troubles. We all have concerns about our future, our health, our family, our finances, and you just start expanding the list. You see, so many things that not only concern us, but sometimes even terrify us, paralyze us, and we live As prisoners of anxiety. Now Jesus and Paul wrote these commands. The same command. Because they knew that the disease of worry affected everybody. And we needed to hear the cure. Next thing I want you to write should solve a lot of our problems. Worry solves nothing. And accomplishes nothing. I mean worry does No good at all. Worry presents itself in many ways. And not too long ago, an individual went and did an amazing survey. He studied a whole big group of individual people from around the world. And here's what he discovered. I'll go through it quickly, but I think it'd be important for you to watch what happened. As he studied these people and he asked them what they were fearing about, here's how the categories broke out. The first category, the largest, 40% of the people said they worried about things that never did happen in their life. 40%. So the number one thing people worried about were things that never happened. It goes something like this. When I look back at all these worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had had lots of trouble in life, most of which... Never happened. Someone else has stated it like this. Worry is the advance interest you pay on troubles that simply don't come. So think about that today. 40% of the things you and I worry about never happen. The next largest category was this. 30% of the things that people worried about, they were things that happened in their past. Now, think about that. All of us know we can't undo the past, 
and yet we worry about it. I wish I wouldn't have made that decision back here six months ago or five years ago. We're worrying about something that we can't do anything about. Paul already wrote that in Philippians chapter 3. Do you remember what he said? Forget those things that are behind. So let's look at the top two already. We're up to 70%. 40% of things that we worry about never happen. 30% of we worry about happened in the past. I can't do anything about them. Hello? It doesn't make any sense. It's getting us nowhere. Well, what's next? 12% of the worries in the group of people they studied, they were worrying about their health. Now, we'll talk about that a little later because there is a reason for concern, but not for worry. Now, if you watch all the health things that come out today, I like to watch Dr. Oz quite often, so I tape it and I zip through stuff that I don't really need, like the makeup and how my eyes need to be. You women focus on that. Remember what Jesus said, women. No clothes, no face. That was just for the woman. Now, as we go through this, understand that with all the news about health and disease, we do struggle. We do get anxious. We do get burdened about diseases that we might get but have not yet happened. So some of those are there, but some of those, let's think about it. What if you have in your lineage family members that have heart disease and blood pressure and diabetes? Can you change your genes? Hello? No. I can change into corduroys, but I can't change my genes. So... I was worried you wouldn't laugh, but it's okay. (laughs) As we go through, we'll see there's something I can do about that. But is worrying going to help it? No, it isn't going to help it. In fact, it's going to make us worse. So now we're up to 82% of the things we worry about. That leaves us with another 10%. These are petty, miscellaneous worries. Let's see if you can finish this. People that make a mountain out of a a molehill. You see, if you're married, it isn't the big things in marriage that drive you crazy. It's usually the little things. My toothbrush was blue. Why did you use my toothbrush? No, your toothbrush is green. No, it is not. You've been there, haven't you? Of course, next we kiss, even a French kiss. What difference does it make? It's my wife, for crying out loud. So, petty stuff that we worry about that doesn't matter in the end at all. Well, what's that leave us with? 8%. And here's what the investigator found. 8% are real problems, but worrying didn't solve any of them. Amazing. They were real problems, but they couldn't do do anything about them. So what did I say? Worry solves nothing and accomplishes nothing. And yet, we worry. It isn't only that we can't accomplish anything with them. There is an effect of worrying. Please write this down. We know scientifically, even from the Bible... That worry negatively affects us three ways. Spiritually, physically, 
and emotionally. Proverbs 12:25, Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, said this, an anxious heart weighs a man down. You see, worry is going to affect my being. You would think worrying is pretty much in the mind. But it moves out of the mind to our heart, to our emotions, to our spirit. Normally, we've discovered this from many, many scientific studies, that 40% of the people in our hospitals are there as a result of worry. All the effects, their blood pressure, I'm not talking about the psych units, I'm talking about just kind of stuff. You know, years before we discovered lots of things about H2 blockers and those kind of things for acid, we had our hospitals, I remember working in hospitals in those days when we didn't have those cures, and so many people were there for ulcers because their, their gastric juices just ate up places in their GI tract because of anxiety. Blood pressure. You know, when you go into a doctor, if you have normal blood pressure, what's the first thing that normally happens when you go into the doctor? If, if you're a worrier, guess what? Your blood pressure is immediately up. The doctor, whoa, 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 what kind of blood pressure is this? And if you tell them to wait a little while, okay, I'm, take a few breaths. I'm okay, okay. Take the blood pressure, and it's normal. So we've discovered that it affects us all over the place. You see, Vance Hafner, a great pastor, once said this. Worry like a rocking chair will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. And that's what we do. But while we're rocking, it's affecting us, body, soul, and spirit. Now, if you miss everything else I say today, I want you to hear this. Most worry is about tomorrow, but all worry is experienced today. Most worry is about tomorrow. But all worry is experienced today. You see, what that does is the worrying about things tomorrow destroys the joy of living today. And remember what we already told you? 70% of the stuff, right off the top, we can't do a thing about some of the rest is piddly stuff, doesn't mean anything. We're left with 8% that in the bottom line, we can't do anything about either because we don't have the solution to it. So here we are, destroying today and focusing on tomorrow. One day, Jesus, in that same Sermon on the Mount, he addressed this specific topic. Look what he says, listen. Matthew 6. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? In other words, if I worry, if I worry, can I add extra time to my days on earth? What's the answer to that? No. Actually, the opposite's true. Worry will often reduce the length of life. For sure, it will reduce the joy of living today. Today, Pastor Mark talked about not worrying. He also defined worry and taught what the Bible has to say about worry. You learned about the extremes between being a worry wart and being carefree, and where the balanced Christ follower sits between those extremes. You were told some of the cures for worry that the Bible provides and how to incorporate those into your life. 
You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the teaching, Worry About No Thing. He will talk about the very real effect worrying has on your physical body. You'll hear what the Bible has to say about these physical effects of worrying as well. Best of all, you'll hear more about the cures for worrying the Bible provides and how you can get those working in your own life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.